TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 440, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, I'm Tom. I'm executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles. Hi, I'm Allison, and I write reviews for Weednopolis. Hey there, I'm Aaron. I'm an actor and writer in Los Angeles. Hi, this is Greg, returning guest TV enthusiast from St. Louis. Woohoo! Thank you guys for showing out, or showing up, whichever. Uh, let's start off with the news. First up, I have that Mystic Quest is getting a season two, uh, along with Home Before Dark. Both of them have been renewed for Apple, which apparently Apple is just like, this is our first season. We're not canceling anything. Everything's getting a season two, because they just need content. Um, and, neither, and neither has premiered yet. Yes, that's true, too. Um, but yeah, it goes to the show. Like I said, they're just like, everything. Everyone gets a season two. Um, <laughs> you get a season two, and you get a season two. <laughs> Grownish and Good Trouble have been renewed on Freeform for another season. Um, the so last... Zoe and your classmates get a senior year. Woo! <laughs> Last Summer, as in I Know What You Did Last Summer, uh, is a thriller led by Jessica Biel, and it has been picked up for a a series by Freeform. Uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus has inked overall deal with Apple. Uh, Sorry for Your Loss and Limetown were both canceled by Facebook Watch, which is very sad because Limetown's actually really good. I haven't checked out Sorry for Your Loss, but Limetown's really good, so that kind of hurts. Uh, Better Call Saul is to end at season six, which I think is the upcoming season. (laughs) Well, the story has to end at some point. Come on. He has to actually turn into Saul. I've been waiting for that, so I'm I'm actually glad. You have to have an overlap at some point. So I'm glad we're there. Um, James Wan is set to produce Aquaman as an animated series for HBO Max. Uh, what? Oh. That's what I just said. Yes. Is that bad? What do you, I feel like no, you have an opinion. DC, D- you so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do R-rated movies, but a PG-13 cartoon. Yes. <laughs> uh, Watchmen <clears throat> will have no season two at HBO now that oh. Damon Lindelof has stepped down. Oh, Whoa. you know, I'm I'm ambivalent. I'd love to see more, but I this is the property that they can let wait for a while and Until then make us want would... another season, right? And then give us a really great story like Damon and his and his. Well, crew Damon Lindelof so. said he'd rather it be an anthology like True Detective. He was like, I had an idea, I did my idea, I don't have any other ideas. He was hmm. like, next, he was like, who else has another idea? Step up. Uh, well, he he was willing to tag in a new showrunner, but I think HBO wisely said, yeah, we're not going to do anything for a while. Yeah. Um, and then American Dad has been renewed for season two. For No, been, excuse me, it's been renewed for two more seasons. Sorry. <laughs> Are you just like throwing up as part of the show? Say how you really feel. All right, okay. It is kind of background television. Yes, uh, there. Jack Reacher has got a series go at Amazon because yep. apparently that movie series wasn't enough. Now we need a TV show. I think it's because Jack Ryan is doing so well, and I'm like, why is everyone named Jack? Right. Uh, <laughs> you do know Jack. <laughs> uh, the show You has been renewed for season three at Netflix. And Shameless has been renewed for a final season 11. And that's all I got. All right. I got more. Go for Um, it. CBS All Access has announced that Hugh Dancy will be joining The Good Fight, season four, for an arc. 
The CW has ordered Superman and Lois oh. and the Walker Texas Ranger reboot, simply titled Walker. Uh, both can I to just, series. Can I just say I am so over the superhero genre right now on on uh, CW that <laughs> they need to fix the series that they have on air, not yeah. add more. It's their bread and butter, baby. Ah, it's making me want to shoot someone. All right, continue. (laughs) Hold on to that thought until we talk about the crises. Okay. Uh, Comedy Central has renewed Aquafina's Nora from Queens before its series debut. Fresh off her Golden Globe win last uh, Sunday night. Uh, Disney Plus has renewed The World According to Jeff Goldblum for season two, which if you haven't seen, it's a charming docuseries. And who doesn't love Jeff Goldblum? That's true. I love Jeff Goldblum. Uh, Hulu has renewed Wu-Tang and American Saga and Dollface, each for season two. They've given a series order for a true crime spoof series starring Steve Martin and Martin Short, which I'm going to watch. And they've also announced DreamWorks animated series, including Madagascar, A Little Wild, Trolls-Topia, and The Mighty Ones. Netflix has canceled Mindhunter. Boo. Oh, uh, because that's because Netflix the- always cancels you after you get three seasons, right? They only had this was season two for Mindhunters. Oh, well, then I have by the way, Net Netflix is getting ready to spend an ungodly amount on content, I think like 15 billion dollars on content. I heard it was 17, but go ahead. All right, some ungodly amount. I'm concerned that they got to start making a profit at some point. Yes, (laughs) they're very much in the red. They're really in the red. Well, they're they're but the thing is, they're also getting ready to they're losing a lot of content. By the way, hot tip, Apple T or uh, you can buy the complete office for thirty bucks on iTunes right now. All the seasons? All nine seasons, thirty bucks in high definition. Huh. And I don't know how long that deal is going to go on, but I will be buying that this afternoon after the podcast. <laughs> um, speaking of Peacock. They have announced they will launch in April, April 15th, for Comcast customers for free and in Ju- on, on July 15th for everyone else. The price point for people who are not Comcast customers, $5 for with commercials, $10 without. They also ordered the Punky Brewster reboot to series, or sequel series to series. Because everybody was demanding a new Punky Brewster series. <laughs> Come on, Greg from St. Louis. And they've also announced... <laughs> They've also announced a bunch of projects, including Girls 5 Eva from Tina Fey. It's a comedy about a one-hit wonder girl group from the 90s that tries to revive their careers. A racing series from Dale Earnhardt Jr. And a partnership with Kevin Hart's Laugh Out Loud Network. And finally, Pop TV has announced a new show, a, a sitcom called Mother Mary with Rachel Bloom, which imagines what would happen if there was an immaculate conception to the lady, laziest, most shiftless woman around. So I'm sure that will rank with a few eyebrows. Go over like a lead balloon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's all I have. <laughs> okay, then. Um, let's start off with the shows. First up, I have uh, The Outsider, which premiered on HBO on Sunday. And I will tell you, I intended to watch it. I started it up on Sunday, hit play, and then it's it's had a nice little intro. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I like, I was like, oh, Sam, uh, is it Mendelssohn? I like him. And then the ben, first Ben, ben Mendelssohn, sorry. Uh, and then it goes to the dead kid, all ripped apart. It looks like an animal killed it, killed him. And then I was like, yeah, I'm not in the mood for this. <laughs> and I turned it off. I was like, I, I can't watch children murdered. Um, but go ahead, Tom, your thoughts. I really liked it. And they double pumped the, the uh, they ran episodes one and two back to back. I wasn't sure what to expect. But what's fascinating is Ben Mendelsohn's a great actor, period. And then... Jason Bateman's not only a great actor, he's a great director. If you look about if you look at how he composed and shot these episodes, it's like, dude, you definitely deserve that that Emmy for uh, directing Ozark last fall. But it's really interesting. Here's the pitch. Uh, little league, little league coach teach at slash teacher 
is accused of murdering this little boy. And it's a heinous murder, as Libya described. Yeah, it's pretty pretty terrible. The problem is, he was at a conference 70 miles away at the same time this murder occurs. And so um, they arrest him during the Little League game. Because they want to embarrass him, right. because Because they want to embarrass him. And so he's booked, and then he's 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 put in he's put in prison, and then then they start to realize something's not right here. Oh, and the DA he wants to make his career, you know, plans to run for re-election and is using this as a thing. But then they start investigating. It's like not only was this guy at this conference seventy miles away, but there is physical evidence. People saw him. People remembered seeing him. He's on videotape asking a question. And then there's a book in the gift shop. And it's a book that nobody's looked at for years. And his fingerprints are on this book. So basically, uh, Ben Mendelsohn sees him in... We can spoil, right? Yeah, yeah. Ben Mendelsohn Mendelsohn sees him in jail and asks him, oh, what's really heartbreaking is uh, Ben Mendelsohn and his wife, his wife is played by Mayor Whittingham, their child, their young child had died before the series opens. So they're, they're still kind of recovering from that. But Ben Mendelsohn asks Jason Bateman, did you ever touch my son? And so he comes to see him in jail and, and basically says, this is strange because we checked out your alibi and it checks out. But there's physical evidence and fingerprints all over this, all over this mysterious van all over this, you know, this kid's clothes, etc. But he just asked him, did you do this? And he said, no. And then Jason Bateman tells this great story. You asked me if I ever touched your son. And he talks about how this, the kid was small for his age, but he was really scrappy. And he kept striking out. And Jason Bateman taught him how to bunt. And he got really good at it. And the kids used to tease him and called him one, you know, a, a derogatory nickname. And then they came up with a new nickname for him because he was so good. And then Jason Bateman ends the story with saying, so you asked me if I touched your kid, and I'd like to think that I did. And it's like, oh. And then the capper is, they had the arraignment, and and the brother of the the murdered boy kills Jason Bateman and shoots a bunch of police officers. What? Oh, my God. Yes. Wait, what? So, So the show's over? No, <laughs> it's eight more episodes. Eight more episodes. But, but but the pitch is because it's based on a Stephen King thing. There are there is some supernatural force at work, and the second episode was called Roanoke because everybody knows the story of the lost colony, right, especially right, right. if you're from the East Coast like me. Right. But base, basically, they're saying stuff weird stuff happens without explanation. So Ben Mendelsohn now more than ever is compelled to figure out what happened because of course uh jason bateman's widow blames him for her husband's death and he leaves behind kids as well but it's really interesting well shot well acted but man bateman rocks i mean i you know i've always liked bateman even when he was a kid actor but for him to make it over the hump and not end up on america's most wanted but also to move effortlessly from comedy to drama and back. But yeah, I can't recommend this highly enough. And Ben Mendelsohn's mesmerizing. So, great show. All right. Okay. Wow. That was a good... Uh, I guess we're all going to be watching that this weekend. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be catching up on that. <laughs> Next up, we're going to talk about Doctor Who. And this was the first episode after their intro two-parter. And I was going to watch it, but all you guys convinced me not to. <laughs> Everyone I talked to was like, have you seen Doctor Who? And I was like, oh, not yet. And they're like, oh, my God, it's horrible. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and it wasn't just one person. It was like several people were just like texting me like, have you seen it? And I was like, is it great? And they're like, no. So please tell me why it's so terrible. And so I'm glad I didn't waste any time watching it. It it was it was unbelievably bad. It was almost magically awful. Um, <laughs> wow. The the first thing that came to mind when I was watching the thing is are they deliberately trying to make this look like classic who? Because it was so cheap. 
and so tatty and so awful looking. All the, the makeup jobs, the sets, the way it was shot, it was everything looked flat and cheap and badly done. Um, I mean, there were just things without explanation. It's like they they had this woman who was who had cat makeup on, and it looked like she was starring Ooh. in like a, a community theater version of Cats, <laughs> or, 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 or leftovers from the feature film version. No one saw. <laughs> that, too. Well, that was test number one. They dispensed with that, but it was it, it was just so incredibly awful, and the acting was terrible, and wow. I. And the the it was it was just they kept piling up things that were happening in the show. It's like you know you start out with okay they're they've been teleported to this spa and there's a monster attacking. Okay, let's have a show about that. But wait, no, there's, there's more. also someone. There's more. There's there's also someone who wants to to blow up the place as a terrorist because she has mommy issues. But wait, there's more. We're actually on Earth in the future. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have a question. Here's the thing: the doctor can always tell when he's on Earth because his nose tells him what year or her. Sorry, the nose tells her what year it is. It can always like stick sticks. Yeah. Sticks her head out of the TARDIS and goes, oh, it's the year, blah, 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 blah. That's like the main Doctor trick. Yes, exactly. Well, you, this, the other thing that was driving me crazy, and, uh, you know, throughout the Chibnall, you know, period that we're in right now, the Chibnall era, I have been, you know, angry at the fact that, I mean, not furious, but annoyed, let's say, with the fact that he just keeps tossing cannon to, to the side, you know, and ignoring things that happened before. And in this episode, it really, I, I really realized that, yes, that's, that's not just sloppy, that's deliberate. He's like approaching Doctor Who as if it's never been done before, and none of the canonical things that have happened mean anything. So now we're, we're we've got an Earth we've never seen before that has, that has no right to have even existed we have and that the doctor apparently knows nothing about we have we have people reacting or not reacting in ways that they're completely contrary to things that happened not just in classic who but but over the last you know nine seasons that that the new show has been on the air and it's nonsense and the the whole the whole thing was just frustrating and awful from beginning to end that sounds awesome i'm glad i did not waste my time on it yeah, I, now, yeah, I, I can only disagree with one thing. I thought that the, uh, the 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 big bad, the creature, was well done. Um, you know, Doctor Who creatures are normally kind of uh, silly looking, um, but they made this creature like really menacing with uh, with fangs and everything. And I thought it was like uh, actually kind of scary. Um, so that was the one thing I thought they actually spent money on, which kind of surprised me because, again, to Allison's point. It seemed, it seemed off for Doctor Who. You know, Doctor Who normally has kind of like crazy, kind of simple-looking, you know, creature, uh, you know, creatures. Um, uh, the other thing um, is just that I just, it, it's just kind of going back to kind of last season. Um, you know, the the Eccleston and Tennant Doctors really like the human race. Uh, they typically, when we go into the future, they kind of talk highly about the human race and how we persevered and how we moved out to the stars and how we've done these great things. But in last season, and now, of course, we're seeing this again in this season, we're seeing how human beings are the bad guys and they're the ones destroying everything. And so it's just a completely different tone, although I really, really like the Doctor. It's just the storytelling is just a really, really different tone from what I used to from uh, from the previous seasons, and I'm not sure where they're going with it. I thought the the message of the episode was so heavy handed uh, and ugh. Global warming is bad. What? You didn't know that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was terrible because even when you agree with the premise, you're you're just rolling your eyes because it's so heavy handed and simplistic and awful. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be on my side. You're making it look stupid. (laughs) You're not helping. (laughs) Yeah. Don't help me. Here's here's hoping that next week's episode with Goran Viznich as uh, Nikola Tesla is better. Yeah. 
Nikola Tesla should have only looked that good. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about Crisis on Infinite Earth. And we're going to talk about part four and five, which (sighs) concludes the, the, the whole crossover. And I will say I liked four. I thought four was actually not terrible. Uh, <laughs> Sage praise, not terrible. Well, I mean, I mean, TV I'm just saying. I I thought that the you know they did the actual sacrifice and they did every it 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 wrapped up it pretty much wrapped up the story and I was like okay this is working and then I was like well now what the heck are we gonna do with five like i didn't understand why we needed another ep- what was happening and then the last episode is like okay now that we've unified all the earths let's just kind of tell you all the repercussions which don't make any sense but here's, I, go ahead go ahead here's Tom. the thing and and i can be aaron can back me up this is you know the one area where they try to mimic the comic book because in in the original mini in the original maxi series the big overall story kind of ends in episode 10 and then new earth is created at the, new earth is created at the end of episode 10 okay. so you have the you have what appears to be a climactic battle mm-hmm. and then on new earth you have things like golden age superman you know waking up and going to the daily and finding out the daily star doesn't exist it's not the daily planet and you have helen the wing going to see her parents' graves and they don't exist anymore and she's freaking out. They didn't earn it. That's the problem. They did not earn the right to do this epilogue. And yes... Uh, <laughs> Come on, man! You can do it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm tagging an Aaron. I, I just—it makes me very angry. Yeah, it's like it's like they urinated and defecated on one of my favorite stories ever, one of the most monumental stories DC has ever told. And they told Allison talked about, "Don't be on my side. You're making it look dumb." It's like <laughs> you've taken this great story, yeah. strip mine. Part the obvious parts of it, and made the rest of it kind of stupid. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I, if I never see one of those goofy ghost creatures again, I know th- th- those things are not menacing. They show a lot of them. They're you not. can kill them with a sidekick, apparently, and they <laughs> actually do no damage. Like when they right. attack you as a group, you don't get even a scratch from them. So what's why? Well. Why? Well, here's one thing um, that they uh, they totally missed with the shadow creatures. In the comic books, they disintegrated people, and they disintegrated heroes who are fighting against them. So you couldn't yes. be touched by them. So we got no sense of urgency from these things coming at you. Um, where states. That was a complete waste. I call this this whole thing, for me, is kind of like a Dark Phoenix syndrome, too big a story to tell in two little episodes, because you need to be able to earn a lot of things. Here's an example. There was zero payoffs for me. Um, Harbinger, she turned evil, she got possessed, and she killed the and monitor. And then she disappeared, the and then, like, what the heck happened? Well, the next time we see her, she's sitting on a couch with John Diggle. I'm like, wait a minute! Yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you, I think I said what like 116 times. My voice went up like four octaves. (laughs) I screamed. My throat was raw because I couldn't believe it. Pariah, they had excellent opportunities. I know you can't tell the the, the exact story, but you had opportunities. Pariah's curse is he had to watch all of the Earths be destroyed. Yes. That the anti-monitor free. Where was Pariah? Why didn't he have memory in episode five? Why Why was it John Jones? It should have been Pariah who remembered, um, which was Tom Cavanaugh's character. And he should have had that curse and had to remember it and remind everybody, if you're going to go that route, we didn't need Pariah. We didn't need Harbinger. And there was no or comeuppance for Pariah. In the, well, comic the other book, thing, they, they didn't comic- set up Pariah well enough to be like... He, they had time. They had the real estate to do it. I know, but I'm but, saying they didn't really make me yeah. feel like this is all his fault. And I was like, was it? Right. What did he do? Exactly. Like, I was really, like, I heard a lot of people say it was his fault, but we yeah. never saw him actually Because do... the script said so, Libya. I know. That's my problem. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, they do that a lot on that show. It's they always yeah. tell rather than show. Exactly. And if you read the graphic novel and you see how this all started, your heart breaks. And you follow Pariah as he tried to save. He, he was like, I can only save one person. So in the books, he saved someone called Lady Quark because he couldn't save her world. He couldn't save her family, but he saved her. And she was super powerful, radioactive powers. And so I'm like, well, who did he save? Let, where was this? Alexander Luther, who is the child of Lex Luthor and Lois Lane in a different earth. In the comic books, he was the one who had the powers of both anti-matter anti and uh, positive matter. So I was like, he was one of the ones who helped to defeat the anti-monitor. Where was he? Harbinger gave up all of her powers in order to help the heroes win, even though one of herselves got possessed. It wasn't one harbinger in the books. She separated herself into multiple yeah. to reach and grab heroes from different time eras. So I'm like, you missed a great opportunity. You could have brought in Stargirl and launched her series through this. You could have brought in the Legion of Superheroes. Where are all of the villains? Because in the books, the villains and the heroes fought together to save their worlds. Great opportunity to use all of the canon, television canon. And then even villains. though they had, I want to point out, they had Luther as a villain and yeah. I was like, oh, we're going to have the villains work together. But they he didn't. Except he was sabotaging he was, them. Except for he was acting as a villain. Not uh, They missed yeah. the point. They missed yeah. the point. They missed the point. The, the, one, the one thing that I thought was great in episode four, or in part four, is the Ezra Miller flashback. Yeah, that was good. That was great. Oh. And... Um, and re returning to the, you know, returning to the Hall of Justice at the end of part five, setting up basically the, this Justice League type thingy and and actually licensing the music from Super Friends. That was cute. But man, I was disappointed. <laughs> what they did storyline wise, they pulled moments from book three, book seven, book ten. And they put it all together, but they didn't give you all of the through lines. So it was disjointed at spots. It didn't make sense because you were pulling moments as opposed to just telling a full narrative story. Right. Um, I think they could have done it brilliantly, but I feel like they, they just would like. They, hey, they, got, they got lazy. They were just like, whatever. And I was. And, and last thing, and then I'm done. The point of the original crisis was. After 50 years, DC had all these different Earths, basically five primary Earths where their characters since World War II were scattered. What they did on the show, and, and they've kind of undone the crisis since then, but what they did in the show is they established the Arrowverse characters, the CW characters are all on Earth Prime, and then all the other shows, everybody's on a separate Earth, so Stargirl is going to be on Earth too. And Titans are on Earth-9, and Swamp Thing's on Earth-19. One of the stupidest things they did is Titans and Doom Patrol are on separate Earths, and Doom Patrol's a spinoff of Titans. Yep. <laughs> exactly. You guys suck! <laughs> <laughs> Drop mic, I'm done. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, guys. We're going to move on. We're going to move on. That was awesome. <laughs> All right, next up, we're going to talk about uh, Emergence, and we only yeah, have so one good. more episode. Until What's we're up done with all this... these great shows only have 13 episodes this season? That's Ooh. part of, I think that's part of why they're great, because you don't have a bunch of filler. You just have the story, and that's it. And I appreciate that. I'm okay with yeah. that. All right, so now what we have is that the woman that we thought was evil is actually evil. And also of we find, uh, and we also find that Piper, uh, they were like, oh, she's been reprogrammed, she whatever. No, she's trying to do a good thing, and she's trying to be sneaky, but she's ten, so she's not particularly <laughs> successful at her sneakiness, um, which I thought was hilarious because the, the evil villain was like, so you thought you were gonna like, you know, go behind my back and do this? She's like, yeah, okay, sure, kid. Uh, so I thought that was that was pretty great, except that the villain loses points for not realizing that they've taken that bracelet. Like, I would never take the bracelet. I mean, they needed her to break into the facility, but then she confronts her, like, while she doesn't have the bracelet on. Like, I, if, if I was that villain, I'd have been like, yes, I know you're trying to do such and such a thing. Here, let me put this bracelet on you, and then I will tell you my evil plan. Um, 
But it was all, yeah, all that was pretty good, though. I, I like that they were like, well, she's just trying to be you uh, when they were talking yeah. to the sheriff. I to Joe, yeah, yeah, yeah. to Joe, yeah, that was mm-hmm. good. All right, you guys' thoughts. What did you think? Well, I, you know, I loved it. I appreciated There was a lot of humor in this episode. A lot yes. of funny one line, which I loved. Um, and I felt like it, it balanced it out. So I was like, great, great acting. And I, I loved almost everything about the episode. I like some of the, the pair-ups. Um, but here's here's what didn't make sense to me. They returned Piper um, back home. So why didn't the lady villain come to the house to get her? Um, the house was vulnerable. So I would have, yeah. it, it didn't make, that's the only thing that didn't make sense to me. I would think you wouldn't take her back to the exact place where you don't have protection, where they could easily just come in and, and, and just take her get again. So that was my only issue with the episode. But otherwise, I love seeing Piper want to be just like um, Joe. Uh, Joe. Joe. Yeah. I Joe. love that. And, and I love seeing, um, you know, uh, Joe getting even more mama lion, so to speak, with all of this. I love watching the dynamics of, of all of the characters working with each other. And I think that they have such great chemistry. So loved the episode except for that and the end. I was like, oh, they shot Gorin. I was like, okay. <laughs> so, uh, you know. I didn't see that. I actually thought that it was the hacker was screwing with him and she was using that as an, uh, as an excuse to escape. Yeah. So I was actually surprised yeah. when those guys showed up and shot him. I was like, oh, wait, that was real? Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. But, well, we've been conditioned not to trust her. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I really thought she was lying the whole time. Uh, Allison, your thoughts, real quick. No, I, I, I loved it. I, I loved every bit that they had with the characters. I loved the humor. Um, the, uh, the, I, I was surprised also that they, they shot Goran, although remember he does have a vest uh, police on. vest on. Yeah. So provided they didn't do something smart like shoot him in the head. Which, you know, <laughs> are, are we talking about on there? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, so, you know, he's, he's possibly still around, you know, depending on, on where they decided to target him. So there's that. Um, but I, yeah, I, what I love about the show is that they just really don't diddle around and go, okay, well, we're just going to stand here and talk about things and have characters that are supposed to be smart, miss the obvious. Mm -hmm. It's just constantly in motion and, and giving us something else and, bringing us something new and unfolding the story. It just, it, it really moves along. Right. And at the same time that it does that though, it still gets us really close to the characters because I care about all of these people. Yep. So um, I, I just really, really enjoyed this. And I know we have like, we do we have one or two episodes to go? One, one left. Oh. One left. So, I mean, and and I, there's no word about uh, renewal for not. this thing. Not, not yet. yet. Nope. Uh, really all right. As a, as a public as a public service, the proper the proper pronunciation is Anver Jokai. Oh, there you go. you're okay. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but, well, I hope, we... but I hope I hope if, I hope they get a season two, and I hope he becomes a main cast member. All right, Definitely. let's move on. We yeah. let's move on, guys. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about uh, Stumptown, and, Stumptown, which is basically all character. Uh, I, I would say less plot, more character. Um, I, especially this episode, which was pretty standard. There was really no story conflict as far as uh, what's her name, the main uh, Dex. Dex's Dex. story had very little actual story. She was just kind of running around trying to find this guy's parents. And, oh, did, and, I mean, I that was, it wasn't that complicated. You could see every step, but I enjoyed it. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. Well, it it was backstory though. I mean, yeah. this this epi- this episode is was about family and what you will do to preserve your family. Correct. And I the got thing that. is, yes. this this kid is this this kid this veteran is looking for his biological family and finds out that basically his adoptive parents essentially bought him. Right. But that he's he's native he's Native American, partially Native American, and then we find out Dex's backstory about her parents. Basically, she gets back from the war, and her parents have a ba- you know basically left and put her brother in in a, um, a home. In an institution. Right. 
And then the relationship between her and uh, Gray. So I, I thought it was, you know, I said it was for the, character wise, it's good. But I mean, it wasn't like sometimes when they do the plot that she's investigating, that's the big story, and there's a twist, and sorry, you enjoy that, blah blah blah. This but I, my the, point was that was not this story. That was that, that was saying. not this episode. That that was not this episode. But I thought it was emotionally fulfilling, especially when. At the end of the episode, she has coordinated with the um, with the uh, Native American tribeswoman to find his his Native American tribe family. It was a sweet that, story. Yeah, I'm that was the movie, and also the, the fact that she found his adopted she found his bio dad who basically abandons him yeah. because uh, I wasn't ready for I wasn't ready for this back then. I'm still not ready for it now. And Dex pleads with him. Well, and my still... thing is, why did he show up in the first place? Like, if he knew curiosity. he was lame, eh, you're probably right. But I was just like, probably dude, curiosity. Like, why? Why would you even show up in the first place if you knew you were going to bail? Uh, so that that guy was annoying. But I will say, uh, let's move on. And let, uh, Who else has a comment? Because we need to keep moving. Who else has a thought? No? Stumptown? Pretty much covered everything. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about This Is Us, which never has like a super complex like thriller thing, except <laughs> apparently for next week they're going for that. This week's episode started off in a way that I thought, was, I was like, oh, this is going to be one of their lamer episodes, whatever. But they got me, man. They got me at the end. Which one? Uh, which plot line? It was uh, the whole, it was a combination. It's what they do best, where they combine the flashbacks with the current day story, and it was the ma- the story where uh, Rebecca was taking the test to find out if she had she had the beginning states of dementia, Cogn- cognitive impairment, yeah, yeah impairment or whatever. <laughs> and so she's staring at the mirror because I basically thought the whole story with her and Jack was a waste of time, mainly because you know they end up getting together, you know they have kids, in the past, you know, yeah. And so I was like, I already know all this. This has no stakes, whatever. But then you get to the part where she's thinking about the fact that she's going to start losing her memories. And then they have the flashback. And then Jack's like, uh, I love you, Rebecca. If nothing else, always remember that. And she's like, I will. And then she's looking in the mirror. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I can't believe you got me. But, yeah, they got me, man. Uh, anyway. I did like. I felt bad for Kevin too. Like Kevin's yeah. story. Yeah, he, had, he set up like this perfect date. I was like, she's totally gonna know. fall for this. This is. Gonna I be thought great. he was totally quick. I mean, that was kind of going a little quick. I mean, wasn't oh, he, it the oh, same day? It was. Well, that's the thing is, she told him, "I'm, I'm leaving tonight." And she's like, "I'm only in town for one day," and so he was like, I was "I'm sus- gonna make this the best day." I was ever. suspicious. I didn't suspect her. I just. Oh, thought, I did. I, I didn't, and oh, I just felt bad. But yes, he was moving quickly. But I think his whole point was big romantic gestures, even though she's in Chicago, if he makes a big enough impression, they could still maybe do you know have a go or whatever. So he was going for, he was thinking big. And I get it, because he's Jack's son. Like, it totally makes sense. But oh, it was sort of crushing. It was totally crushing. See, the moment that moved me is when... Um... When they found out that Baby Jack could sense the difference between light. Oh and yeah, that was good. Yeah. That was a good moment. That that was moving, especially because it was not looking good for Kate and Toby before then. <laughs> it was looking downright bad for Kate and Toby. Yeah, that was looking like divorce was impending. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I but the thing is, I was upset with Kate actually because. She can't judge him on how he's dealing with his own grief. His grief is he's upset that his son can't see and he has to deal with it. You know, and everybody deal and her version of dealing with it is just be I am super positive. You know, and she just goes what you know, she just kind of blocks everything out and becomes and that's how she does it. But everybody deals well, with it in their own way. And she wasn't really true. giving she wasn't giving him the opportunity. She was making him feel ashamed. Of how he was feeling, 
So the thing is, it doesn't. It, you don't know that that's what is going on until he confesses to her. Correct. Because right. up until then, it just looked like he's tired of the marriage, and he was, you know, now into all fitness, and he wanted to date somebody who was into that too. And then he he gives the explanation that you know that has nothing to do with it. It's it's everything having to do with his son. So I mean, that put a different spin on it because I was not thinking highly of Toby through most of this episode honestly and then they they well Toby has yeah but Toby never gave me any indication that he wasn't going to be faithful to her like he never I even with all the uh, you know the venting and whatever I never really thought that he was tired of her he was always 120 percent indicate like so I was upset with her not being behind him trying to get fit which I thought was weird She's like, we're both fat. We have to be fat together. I'm like, no, you really don't. Um, so, I mean, Kate's always so needy. And I find her irritating that way. But anyway, let's move on. I'm sorry. I can vent on her later. Do we Do we think that um, Kevin's going to get back together with Sophie? No. Oh, oh God. I hope they don't do that. that Sophie's that his ex-wife. Really yeah. Hopefully not. Uh, I don't like her. I don't like them together. They're a bad combination together. And when we saw the future flash, he was getting married to somebody else. And it wasn't Sophie. I'm pulling for Emma Swan. <laughs> Jennifer Morrison, but Oh, that's right. Anyone I do like Sophie, their chemistry. Yeah, I do like their way. chemistry. That's true. All right, let's move on. Uh next up, we're going to talk about the good place and this is its penultimate episode of the series finale, though they scared me. When it when it ended and they all got in the balloon, I was like, "Oh my god, is this finale?" Uh, <laughs> so I'm glad it wasn't, but it did scare me because I was like, "That's not a really good conclusion." I want no. Um, <laughs> and also, they did a weird flash forward where we jumped forward in time and everything, and I was like, "Nah." I liked the beginning of this episode, though. I liked uh, what's her name, Karen? No, is that her name? The demon that's always screwing with Michael. Nobody remembers oh, yeah. her Anyway, I, yeah. um, I, I like her a lot because she acts like she's in some sort of movie production of something and she needs to be the star. And so that's how she approaches it entirely and I think she's hilarious. So I like that Michael was jealous of her and I, I liked all of that stuff. And Chidi, the, the flip of Chidi thinking he wasn't interesting enough for Eleanor was a cool little flip because she's always worried that she's not good for him, good enough for him. So I like the flip of that. That was that was cool, uh, and that um, for one second, uh, what's his name? Uh, the idiot guy, Jason. Jason. I was like Jack. No, uh, yeah, Jason actually had a good argument. You know, he he psychologically did a psych reverse on Cheaty, which was impressive for him. So I mean, it was a good bridge episode but you know it's really gonna matter with the finale i want to see how they wrap all this up uh your thoughts guys greg yeah um i'm just wondering what they're gonna do for the last episode um because they they seem to have worked everything out they they have the plan um with what they're gonna do it seems to be working they kind of played all of that through um and then our main characters don't have to take the test because they've just got to pass. So I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm. I mean, I have to say it. It definitely leaves me wanting to know what they're going to do for the last episode. But I'm just wondering. Well, I mean, it didn't feel epilogue-y enough, I guess. So I feel like that's what we're gonna we're gonna get to see them hopefully live happily ever after. But I'm not entirely sure that's what's going to happen. Um. But I've got my fingers crossed. I want a nice bow tied on this show, and then I will have a nice big smile on my face. Thank you. That's what I'm hoping for. All right. Uh, any other thoughts before we move on? All righty. Then let's move on to the next thing. I wanted to talk about uh, the show called Deputy that's on, mm, I want to say NBC. No, it's Fox. It's on Fox. Uh, and it's starring, oh, God. What's that man's name? I can see his face. Can't think of his name. But anyway, the premise of Deputy is that there's this 
mounted this guy that's still part of the mounted police in California. And I was like, really? Is that a thing? Even though he actually doesn't ride a horse anymore, he he drives his truck, but his designation is still mounted police. And he's one of those cops that bends the rules and tries to do the good thing and blah, 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 blah. And it starts off with him being on trial for misconduct because they were doing an, they were the police were working with ICE to do a raid, and he was like, and he warned everybody in his district that ICE was coming, and they were like, you're not supposed to do that. And he said, well, my job is to protect and serve, not to serve ICE or whatever. So it was a very like on the nose kind of intro, and I was like, I don't know, man. But I will say that the twist is that the the head of uh, the, the head of the police department has like a massive heart attack and there's like some weird script somewhere that says that if the sheriff leaves without, you know, in the middle of office, then he automatically is replaced by the most senior mounted police deputy or whatever. And, and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's not the case with the law right now. But okay, sure. But for this instance, that's what they're saying. And so this guy who was just on trial to see if they could kick him off the police force is now the head of the entire Los Angeles the police department. What I don't understand is why it's called deputy when within 20 minutes of the show, he becomes the sheriff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, do you guys not know how that song goes? But anyway, whatever. So now he's the sheriff. And really what it is is him adjusting to a new job. So instead of being this guy that lives out on the outskirts and does law the way he wants to do it. Now he's in charge of everyone and he has to deal with bureaucracy. He's got, Oh, one of my favorite actors. God, I can't think where she's from. She's been in a million things and she is now his, his driver and the head of his personal security. And he goes like, what are you 20? Can you even drive? And she just looks at him and it's awesome. Their interaction is fantastic. So I really like the way the two of them play off each other. I like the fact that he has no idea what he's doing as the sheriff and that he's not a bureaucrat and so he's really rubbing everybody wrong and one the, one of the first things he does is fire somebody who's just like all you know just all he does is the wrong things because he's all about paperwork um and he's just basically blowing up everything at the sheriff's department and it's kind of fun and fascinating to watch, and it's intrigued me. I don't know if it's going to be the best show ever, but it was a decent, entertaining pilot. And I think it's aired, like, two or three episodes have aired so far. So, eh, give it a shot. You want to give it a shot? Uh, Stephen Dorff. There you go, Stephen Dorff. Thank you. Um, next up, let's talk about Supernatural and Why? Why can they not finish this last season? With yeah, some how many more s- do we have? I don't know, but it feels like it's forever. I, it's like they have a they have very little story, and they're trying to stretch it out for twenty two episodes without giving a lot of filler episodes. Except now everything feels like a filler episode, and. Knowing that Sam and Dean have both been in hell for a couple hundred years each, like both of them have been in hell for a really long time, have been tortured and tortured and tortured, and neither one of them completely broke. But you're going to tell me that Chuck has Sam for eh, a couple hours, and he totally breaks Sam's spirit. And I was like, he's like, I've erased hope from him. And I'm like, really? And what makes it worse is at the beginning of the torture, Sam reminds him, I've been on the rack for for hundreds of years. I can take whatever you're going to give me. And then he's like, don't be so hard on him. I broke him. And I'm like, what? Come on. (laughs) Like, I, I absolutely did not believe it. And then instead of the... No, they're they're their own worst enemies, right? I mean, because they always, you know, no matter how many times that they talk to each other and they're like, don't go, I'm going to sacrifice myself. Don't come after me. What do they do? They come after them. So the the brothers are joined. They are, and they are each other's Achilles heel. Right. I understand that. But the fact that the way that Chuck got healed 
was he destroyed hope inside of Sam? Like, that's not the yeah. same thing as being connected to his brother. If he was saying, oh, I reinforced his connection to Dean, then okay, sure, I'd believe that. But he was no, like... But that was, but that was how he destroyed hope, because he showed that... He, he actually showed him that in the future, Dean gives up hope. And by showing him in the future that Dean gives up hope, that's what broke his spirit. I don't, but the thing is, is I didn't believe any of those visions. And I don't know why Sam believed any of those visions. They were obviously manipulation. And I was like, dude, why are you believing anything this dude shows you? And it just, none of it made any sense to me. And so I thought that that whole storyline was trash. However, I did like Dean and Castiel's trip to Purgatory. That was actually pretty cool, and I'm actually wondering if something happened to Cass, because we didn't see him escape. We didn't see how he, you know, did what he did, and he was like, he gives Sam, he gives Dean, like, a summary. Like, he was like, oh, yeah, I waited till we did this, and then I grabbed that, and then, like, he just told him what he did, and, and you know that one of the enemies wanted to him brought to them, so I'm like, eh. So, for me, I was like, is there something I'm supposed to know here? And I really did like Dean's confession when he prayed to the cast. Like, that was all... All that was great. Like, emotionally, that that felt good. And all of that storyline was interesting. But the whole showing Sam some weird future that I didn't believe at all, I thought was a waste. That's all. I take it you bought it? And I pretty much... I, I, I thought the same thing. And I, I kept hoping that they would finally write Sam to be just a wee bit smarter than they usually do, but no. Um, it's it's like, wasn't this obvious that, that all of this was just made up for his, you know, benefit? His benefit, right. And, and, yeah, and clearly, no. And, and, yeah, that's it was just, it was just kind of very obvious and disappointing, and especially because it's the, the final season, you figure they'd pull out all the stops and instead we're just wandering in circles. At least next next week they're apparently bringing Jack back, yeah. um, or at least hinting at it at this point. So that's good. But, um, you know, yeah, it's it's. I just feel like very wheel spinny at this point. Well, and also because it's like the whole thing is, how do we defeat Chuck? I don't know. How are we going to defeat Chuck? I don't know. And then, and then they bring back Michael and Michael's like, here's how you defeat Chuck. And they're like, great. And then Sam, Sam's like, oh, I couldn't do it. I can't defeat Chuck. And so they're like, okay, so we can't defeat Chuck and we can't do this to Chuck. So what are we going to do? I don't know. And I'm like, come on, guys. Like, the way that this show works is they come up with a plan and we watch them do the plan. Obviously, something always goes wrong with the plan, but they still have a direction. And so for you to tell me on this final season, the entire point of the season is them to have no direction and have no plan. That's not interesting to watch at all. So no, it's just because they do. They keep they keep getting started in one direction and then and then they, you know, seemingly uh, defeat it. Whatever the problem is way too soon. And then we're on to something else. And then it's Chuck again. And we seem to have resolved this problem or given you I, the whole thing with the, the, the bullet in the shoulder. I right. figured that was going to link the two of them. And that was that would pay off with maybe Sam sacrificing himself to get rid yeah, of Chuck because they're gonna, Yeah, exactly. You know, and then they, they, they dispense with that like right now. And it's like, what was and, even and, the point? And they dispense it by. All I had to do was make Sam lose hope, and then that made the boy go away. And I was like, "How? How is that a thing? Like, I don't like what? Uh, why could Supernatural you know, it's not like, like I, I, Go ahead. There, there's like two factions in the writers' room, and one side hates the other. So every time one side starts writing toward an ending, the other side goes, "No, it's our episode now, and screw you." you know, they undo everything. It's nuts. Wow. Yeah, well, it is hey, kind of what crisis, it feels like. Yeah. In crisis, all the all the paragons had to do was stare at the this big hole in the sky. Oh, that's like, true. Right, right. Right. <laughs> all they had to do was wish and hope. Okay. <laughs> okay. So whatever, man. Let's move on. Hey, next CW. Up, next up, we're gonna talk about a better show called Legacies. Da da da. <laughs> All right. What did you guys think about Legacies? I know I don't remember for this. I don't remember what happened. This is not my episode, so I don't remember everything. So, what did you guys think of this well, one? Well, this was 
backstory of the necromancer a little bit um with uh it, they went back in time i think and no that, that, that that's no 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 that's not that's not the necromancer episode yeah yeah it was a necromancer yeah. episode okay like i said this was not my episode so i don't remember go ahead go ahead yeah. go ahead sorry sorry but you know i gotta admit i i loved it i loved the necromancer as a human um I had fun with that. Ted. Um, uh, yes, yes, exactly. Ted, he's serving ice cream. I loved every single moment. And just for me personally, I would have liked to have seen him stuck as a human for a little while, trying to get back to, you know, becoming the necromancer again. Um, I could have used just a little bit more of him as that because it would, it, he the acted like he was having a. Oh, yeah. That guy is so good. Blast. He's hilarious. And you know his acolytes, and you know, so um, I I, I had well, a. What about Chad? Don't forget Chad. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's his acolyte. That's his acolyte, yeah. And so, um, yeah, I I love the episode. Um, it was so much fun for me. Um, even some of the gory moments, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Well, what'd you think about Sebastian, um, having to pass the trials that Landon had to give him? Yeah. So is he really gone? Is he really did? Did um, uh, did Alaric really like desiccate him and put him back in the thing? Because he just told um, what's her name that he left. I can't tell you that. Oh, yeah, I can't. <laughs> the thing is, you know, I I it, they made it look like he definitely killed him, but I I think that that's just not going to happen. They're gonna they've got to bring him back. He's yeah. they spent too much time developing his character, and the guy really is genuinely good. And and they they made him sympathetic. It's like whatever it is that they had, you know, the story about uh, Sebastian the Merciless. Um, you know, as, as his his version of the great pirate Roberts, um, I, he obviously is carrying a lot of baggage. He was crying while he was telling Alaric he had yeah. to kill him, and and so I think that you know they've made him sympathetic enough that I doubt Alaric actually. Alaric, really did by the way, yeah, really made it look. Yeah, and you know, getting back to the the necromancer, I was so upset when he just poofed away the first time. I thought he, that he was genuinely fun. I really yeah. would like to see him again, and so I was ecstatic when they brought him back. Yeah, because um, he just he does. He looks. I, I agree absolutely with Aaron. He looks like he's having the blast of his life playing this part. Oh, he is. And, he is. and you should see the dailies and the outtakes. Oh my god. Guys, he is having a real like. This is the the version you guys are seeing, or like the toned down version. Like he does it up another level. He's so good. We we all love working on, on his scenes. We love it. I'm glad. I the more, more necromancer the better. He was he's yeah. just too much fun. All right, so let's see. Thumbs up for legacies. All right. <laughs> Uh, next up, I'm oh. going to talk about this show called The Aliens, which is a BBC show, which is airing on Hulu, and you're going to be like, what? That show's so... Especially some people who've seen it already. It's technically from 2016, at least that's what it said, <laughs> um, but I discovered it last week, so it's new. <laughs> so, it's new to you. It's new to me. It's only got six episodes. It's on Hulu. I watched the first three and was like, holy crap. And it's it, at first I thought it was supposed to be some BBC show about, you know, like illegal aliens, but it's not. It's about actual aliens. So the premise is that uh, the main guy works at Border Patrol and they based the, some spaceship landed on Earth. And they took all the aliens and put them in basically kind of a ghetto sort of area. And then they built this huge wall around it. And so they let them come out to work if they have to work for, you know, it's it's like a case like you've seen all the time. They can come out and work. And then at curfew, they have to be locked back in their neighborhoods. And he is super, like, the, the main character seems like super racist and just a jerk. And he just... Doesn't like the aliens. And the aliens look human. The only difference is their internal organs are different. And for some reason, if you burn their hair and you smoke an alien's hair, you get high. 
So their hair is like heroin and it gets mm. smuggled in and out. Um, and people get kidnapped to shave their head and craziness like that happens. So, um, it seemed like our lead guy was kind of just like not a good guy. But then in the first half hour, he finds out that he's half alien. And, uh, now what? Everything he believes is not true. Everything he knows about his parents are a lie. His whole life is turned upside down. And he works at Border Patrol, all the people who are supposed to know the difference between an alien and a human. And so he has... My thing was, I'd be like, oh, I'm an alien? I need to quit my job. Like, I would... I would not be around Border Patrol, whose job... They have all these aliens detecting kits everywhere. They have all these weapons that only affect aliens that they use. Like, on his... Half the reason he found out was because they used a weapon that was only supposed to work on aliens, and it worked on him. And he was like, what's going on? And that's how he figured it out. And I was like, dude, you need to quit your job. Um, But... Everything goes nuts. He gets embroiled in some craziness, and it just goes at 100 miles an hour. Uh, and I love it. I, th- I thought it was great. And so you definitely should give it a shot. It's on Hulu. All right. Um, next up, we're going to talk about Magicians. And this was the season, what, four? Five? Five. Five. Season five Fifth premiere. Fifth and final. Is it final? Yes. Oh, I don't know if I knew that. Oh, that makes yep. me a little sad, but also good because the story has done... I feel like it's done all the cycles. They did a season without magic, and now they're doing a season with too much magic. So I do feel like it's all kind of coming together. But, man, the, um, every showing everybody's grief with no Quentin and how everybody's dealing and not dealing and making Penny a teacher <laughs> is hilarious. Oh, that was great. <laughs> Especially when the, the students try to cop attitude with him. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yes, I am the master of this. And also, I love that the professor was like, yeah, you signed a non-binding contract. He's like, when did I do that? Oh, you know the disclaimer I had you sign? Uh, yeah, that wasn't what that was. He's like, he's like, I trust any penny to not read the fine print. And I was like, wow. Dean Fogg? <laughs> Dean Fogg is awesome. He is so awesome. <laughs> Uh, so I just like that we kind of just in this episode checked in with everybody, saw how everybody was doing, which is not well. And um, I want them to figure out how to turn back time in Fillory. Yes, let's get that going. All right, thoughts. What do you guys think? I'm just glad to see Margot and Elliot back together because. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Last so much... season they weren't, right? Yeah, because he was he was totally possessed. Right. Though I, I just love Margot. Um is that Summer Bischel? Is that the actor's name? I forgot, but I love the cosplay. I love the cosplay bit. Too. Oh, that was brilliant too! It's like, oh my gosh, they're cosplaying us. <laughs> they always make me laugh, and I love that bit. I for, I love how much Margot likes. Uh, God, what is his name? Josh. Josh. That relationship. Yeah. Well, they're, they're they're frat buddies. No, but they're more than that now. I mean, they, well, that's how I, they started. Think, that's how they started. They started as frack buddies, but I think she she really generally has feelings yeah, for him. She does, and he well, does yeah, for her too. They're they're real. Like their relationship is. It became real by the end of last season, and so I really, I really like that they had that moment where she's on the the cell and she sees his ghost and all that or whatever. It's, I I don't think it's really his ghost. I think she's like in a weird time fracture, or whatever. But. Yeah, uh, some kind of weird time you wind me thing. Right, and so I I loved all of that. Give me more. I needed more episodes of Magicians because there's some shows that I feel like, oh my god, I have to watch an hour of this, and <laughs> then I hit Magicians. I'm like, can I have all the hours of Magicians, please? Yes. Yeah. The, the the pig creature was was uh, hilarious. Oh, <laughs> do, do you know who that was? That was Sean McGuire, aka Robin Hood from Once Upon a Time. Oh, okay. But I, he was he was funny because he was like, uh, is your, your, oh, he wasn't, oh, I forgot what like, it was. Something about, you were, something you are about your gender. Not just, yes, that was funny too. But it was, she was holding her stomach and he was like, are you, is your corset on too tight or something crazy? <laughs> and I was like, dude. 
Uh, but, I mean, I like her mission. She's like, look, I'm going to save the world. Even if I have to figure out what's wrong. Because she doesn't even know what's wrong with the world. But she's got to figure it out so she can save it. Yeah, did uh, he Did he suggest pelvic massage? Yes! That, that is what he did. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. And I was like, uh, wait. It's like every 19th century misogynistic nightmare. Just yeah. comes to life as a pig, no less. <laughs> <laughs> Do we think Quentin is really dead? I think yeah. he's dead, I think but he's I dead. think that uh, what's her name is gonna not rape Lisa. Alice. Uh, Alice. Alice, Alice. Thank you. Alice. I think Alice is going to undead him in a probably unhealthy, like zombie kind of way. Um, but yeah, did they do that with Margot? Say say again. Did they do that with Margot in one of the seasons? There was a wasn't there a duplicate of Margot? Yes, but she wasn't. Margot wasn't dead. I think that's why she got. Uh, his book. She got Quentin's book so she could put all his knowledge in his. She's gonna make a golem. She's golem. A golem. golem. Yeah. She's making a golem. And she's gonna put but, all you his know, knowledge the thing in is, it. I, I don't know if they're actually gonna, you know, bring back the actor to to have this be Quentin or a golem version of him, or whether they're just gonna have some, you know, random mud guy walking around. You know, what what. what Ever they do though, it's I love the fact that they just keep having Alice make the wrong decision. Oh, every absolutely! Season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mark. I mean, that's she, the yeah, she. Yeah, she could never make the correct decision. No, oh, she's she's the show's poor decision maker. It's like nothing. <laughs> and she never consults her. with anyone. No, nope. because uh, she thinks she knows better. Yeah, she's she's naturally talented. And she thinks that's all it takes. You know, so. It's it's she just keeps screwing up. <laughs> All right. Uh, any, any other thoughts before we wrap this up? Just that I'm very sad if this really is the last season because I could I could watch Magicians forever. I love this show. Yeah, me too. Yeah, but I'm actually glad that they have at least they know that it's going to be the last season. They know what they're going to do. And uh, let's wrap this up well. No Game of Thrones! <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you you guys have any questions or comments, send them to tvcampfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. This is on getpointradio.com, Krypton Radio, Weedonopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.